Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Melissa, are you ready? I am. Excellent. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. This is George Grumbacher. Melissa Lampson is a consultant. She's a thought leader on global workforce management and leadership. She's the author of The New Global Manager, Learning to Manage in Complex Business Environments. I'm excited to have you on. Melissa, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Thanks, George. Well, I'm based in Phoenix now, but I've lived a bunch of different places in the world and uh, actually moved to Germany and lived there for 10 years and started two companies there, moved back to the U.S. after that and after selling one of the companies and brought one of them with me. Um, I live here with a husband and a dog (laughs) and really enjoy taking advantage of being outside, particularly right now when we're not able to do much else besides being outside or in our homes. Um, So that's that's a bit about my personal life in terms of how I got started. um, Oh, it's a long story, but the, the short story is I was just really interested in how people interacted and how communication worked across the world and particularly in a business context and how could we make that smoother, more efficient, more effective. And so I really dug into this topic of communicating across cultures um, and then it evolved into individual personalities. And then now I really look at sort of the whole picture of how does an individual um, sort of gather and, and, um, execute on their, their experiences from a standpoint of communicating with those that they manage. Got it. Well, and when I say I got it, I don't think that I totally get it. So how an individual uses (laughs) all their experiences and then effectively communicates with, with, with the people that they're working with and manage. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess that I didn't say that very elegantly, but essentially, um, when you, uh, have, I guess you're, you were all kind of conditioned right by our environment to communicate a particular way. So the way that we smile and the way that we gesture and the way that we express, um, both, uh, verbally and non-verbally are all kind of socialized and conditioned by our environment. So I'm just interested how that works across cultures and countries and then also across individuals, right? We learn from our family, but we also learn from our society, culture, country, nationality, And when we bring that all to the workplace, it can work really well and it can be really exciting and it can also cause some friction and some misunderstanding and then therefore inefficiencies. 
So I'm interested in getting underneath that. So why do we behave the way we do? Why do we consider certain things normal and others not? And how do we bridge those differences? Got it. And I have to imagine that that is a life's work just because, I mean, we're all so different. Yes, it is a life's work. Um, And so what's fun about my job is I get to continually learn from all of the teams and groups and assessments and research that's out there. I love staying up to date on all that. Yeah, I hadn't really. I, I, I guess once you start once for lack of a better term sort of pop the hood on it and try to figure and then you start looking at all the research and the data and the assessments to 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 your point that's that's fascinating okay so that's right and 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 then throw in the fact that now we're supposed to do that but do it electronically which is even more interesting today but is is there a certain uh because this is an immense field that that you're working in Are, are there certain areas that you're really focused on right now Yes, yes, it's a very good point. Um, Yes, so uh, my expertise right now is really helping fast-growing companies or high-growth companies, if you will, up-level their managers' skills. So those who have either never managed before or have had some sort of learning by doing really gather um, and create a a standardized set of tools and methods and strategies to manage people well. And when I talk about managing people, it's not just sort of the logistics and tactical pieces and the, the paper pushing, but it's really how do I engage? How do I motivate? How do I inspire? This morning, I just had a call with a client and she's really struggling with managing people remotely. So her employees have either never worked from home or they um, have a lot going on at their homes. And so she has to lean in a lot more on the personal side. Of course, people are kind of fearful right now. They're tentative. They're not really sure what's going on on top of the frustration of, of just having you know, to, to balance home and work literally, uh, because we are at home. Yeah. Um, so even just creating simple things like creating space to work and ensuring that there's no noise in the background and trying to remain professional and, um, never mind the, the, the mindset and the worry and all of that that's going along with this. So it's just fascinating because where, where she used to manage in a much more tactical, efficient, um, effective, let's get the work done. Let's talk about deliverables. Um, now she's really having to lean into that, you know, how are you doing and how can I create space for you and how can I help you manage your time and what else do you need from me on an emotional level? Um, so that her employees just feel taken care of by her a bit. So it's just interesting to see that kind of shift for employees, particularly today, but that doesn't mean that we, that we shouldn't do that even face-to-face and under more normal circumstances, of course we should. And that's really what the essence of the programs are, is how do you really manage to results, uh, people, and process and do that well. Right. <laughs> that, 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 that absolutely is. And I, can, I can't even imagine where, where you would even start. Um, so with, 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 with a lot of these companies, these fast-growing, um, fast high-growth companies, I have to imagine also that a lot of these folks aren't necessarily trained and skilled managers. Right. They are, some of them are not, and some of them may be, but it's always useful to have kind of a set of standardized tools and methods. So for example, 
um, if I say the word coaching to a manager, um, if they've had a lot of experience managing others, they may say, oh, I know what that means. That means helping, telling somebody what to do and help and giving them feedback and helping them get better at it. Um, but if I say coaching to a coach, um, they're going to say, well, that means that I, um, that I need to ask questions and empower the individual and help them find their own conclusions. And so it's just interesting because whether you have a lot of experience or not, your, your interpretation of coaching might be different. And so what I'll do is come in and say, okay, here is the coaching framework, which we've decided that will be most useful for your organization. I'll work, obviously work with leaders to, uh, create alignment on that. And then, then we'll roll that out. So everyone has the same definition of what coaching is or what giving feedback is. And they all use the same tool and method so that it becomes really, um, smooth, right. And streamlined in terms of how we coach and give feedback and manage our time and, um, give performance reviews, et cetera, et cetera. It makes a lot of sense to me that you would, whenever something is a problem, you make it a process and then it's not a problem anymore. But throughout my life, I've encountered so much pushback from, from, from lots of people that don't necessarily want to operate within a, a system or, or a process. I imagine you've discovered that. Do you have a sense of why that is? Yeah, that's a great point. Well, I think especially, well, I, I would say I have a lot of experience with that because I work with a lot of fast growing startups, right? And the nature of a startup is that they're very entrepreneurial. People are just sort of all rolling up their sleeves and all working together. Um, they like that flatter hierarchy. It's really about um, building this incredible tool or this incredible service or product and how do, and being really, I would say a lot of really smart brains working together as a team. And, and that's a really fun environment. And so as soon as you start to talk about process, it's like, ew, that means that we're becoming this big old hmm. fashioned kind of legacy company. And we don't want to go that direction. So, I, um, I don't necessarily call the tools process. I usually say that they're frameworks which with, with flexibility. So if I give it like the feedback tool, if I say this is a framework that you could try, you could use, I, there's still a lot of flexibility within that framework. So for example, if you give feedback in Germany, it's going to be a lot more straightforward and more direct. People say, Oh, I don't like this. You didn't do a good job at that. Um, I disagree with your perspective. And you can say all that really directly in Germany and it doesn't hurt someone's feelings. If you did that same uh, thing in a place like Japan. If I said, Hey, I didn't like your presentation and I don't agree with you. And you said that really directly, you would hurt their feelings or you would even harm the relationship. Um, and worse, we wouldn't do business with them anymore or certainly wouldn't work for that company any longer. But if you, uh, find a more elegant way to say the same thing, right? So, um, Hey, it'd be interesting if we could explore other options or let me talk to you one-on-one -on -one about how much I enjoy working with you. And perhaps we could also come up with some other ideas around this particular presentation, right? So just a little bit more indirect the way that we would give that feedback. You could still use the same framework, but you'd have to adapt it to the culture or the individual approach, right? Got it. I always appreciate uh, the the value of framing, and so calling it framework is yeah such a, a 
such a sim- such a simple little thing, uh, but it, it 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 sounds like that that certainly helps to get buy in because I don't think anybody wants to work at a stuffy old company um, that has all these legacy systems and everything else, especially to your point, fast growing tech right. companies. Um, but right. but at the same time, it's essential, and I you know you start to think about all the different people functions that are taking place from the how you're sourcing potential candidates for new hires to onboarding people to offboarding them and dealing with conflict and everything else without a framework. It, I just can't even imagine a successful organization not having that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not having a, a set of tools for managers. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it's amazing how many don't <laughs> um, because the attitude still is if you hire a bunch of really smart people and you just throw them in it, they'll figure it out. Right. And we don't um, and we assume work is work and getting the task done is getting it done. And we don't really think about how how important it is for people to get along. Right. And mm-hmm. that the smallest things can cause fractures and you know, worse, it, the disengagement can lead to leaving an organization. I mean, it's really kind of upsetting because the Gallup poll said, still says that about 70% of the workforce is, is disengaged or actively disengaged, yep. which I find yep. just amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know this, right. But it's so, it's so if that's the case, we're not necessarily leaning into that people side enough to really understand their motivation for being at work and why they do what they do and, and, and then managing to that. Yeah. I think it's, that's always been a, a very somber kind of sobering statistic about how few people really enjoy their work. Um, but let's, you know, I, and this is, I'm sure a conversation that you have all the time. It's a matter of once you do, you, you are a sustainable and successful company and, and you're trying to grow and grow without doing the kind of work that you're doing, I, I have to imagine that you'll probably fall into traps of maybe even just hiring the same kind of person and not bringing in a lot of diverse, you know, pe- people from different backgrounds or since, since, since you're used to working with people all over the world, um, do, do you find that uh, with is is one of the the uh, drawbacks to not having a process and, and framework that, uh, you know, I, I'm sort of stumbling through this. Do you have a sense of what I'm asking? Yeah, definitely. So it, without a plan or a strategy, then, and without just the, the mind being mindful about it, people do hire people that are like themselves. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. typically, especially obviously if it's the leadership level, they're looking at candidates who who do I like? Who do I feel comfortable with? Well, we tend to feel most comfortable with people who are like us, right? When we're, when we get to know people, we don't usually say, wow, you're really different. I'm so interested in getting to know you. Why don't you disagree with me about something? I mean, no, it's always like, oh, you like this music. I like this music. Oh, you like this kind of food. I like this kind of food. And, oh, you studied here. I studied there. And, and it's always about what we have in common. And so even, even without that overt, um, uh, overt understanding or, or common commonalities. There's all this other ways that we communicate. Like I tend to have extroverted friends because I'm, I have a preference for extroversion. Um, and I have to be mindful of that. And then when I'm in a group or a team of people with who have a preference for introversion, I have to be really dialed into how do I communicate effectively there? 
Or if I'm hiring for my own team, I want to look at, oh yeah, what are the qualities that are really going to be useful for me here if she has more of a thinking mindset versus a feeling mindset or vice versa, right? Or who's more sensing versus intuition or, uh, you know, how they build relationships with, with customers and so forth. And so that's, if we're mindful of it, we can do that well. Um, and I think it really starts, and this is one of the reasons why I got certified in a tool called insights discovery, because I think it's the best tool out there. There's lots of similar tools like, you know, disc and MBTI and other things, but I think it's one of the best, most comprehensive tools in terms of analyzing someone's personality and really looking at it holistically. And it's basically saying we have all these different characteristics in us, but we have preferences that we um, that we will access sort of um, unconsciously, if you will, or subconsciously. But then we will also um, be able to, if we're conscious, be able to access those other aspects of our personality that we can lean into. And that's really great because um, if we're working with a team, we can, you know, kind of move to what we need. We can flex and, and move in the direction that the team needs. And so I always am really mindful of, oh, wait a minute, we have a lot of green, we, we talk in terms of energy, color energies. We have a lot of green energy in this team right now. I'm gonna really up level my blue right now because I think that's what this team needs. And so we need more structure, we need more um, facts, we need more of an, a, a stricter agenda, right? We're in green energy that's a little bit more free flow, a little more about harmony, um, and consensus and so forth. And so I, it's a long answer <laughs> to your question, but yep. essentially, um, essentially, yes, we, if we're mindful and we have a strategy and then we can start acting on that, we can certainly ensure that we have a more diversified team and then therefore we'll be more successful. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, thank you for saving me on that one, Melissa. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. It's a really complicated topic, which is why I named my book that, right? Learning to manage well in a complex business environment, because it's super complex. And now when we're doing this all virtually, um, it's, you know, like you and I aren't even seeing each other. So I don't know what your facial expressions are saying, and you don't know what mine are. So we have to kind of make that up and just use verbal um, cues to, to communicate and make this conversation valuable for both of us. And then of course, for the listeners. That's right. Perfect. Well, Melissa, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Oh, sure. Um, difference-making tip. Oh, there's so many. I think mm -hmm. the one that's relevant right now is the virtual communication. So I'm going to give that one. And that is please use multiple channels when you're communicating virtually. So don't just, just use uh, video platforms for meetings. Make sure you're checking in with people by text or by WhatsApp or by just simply even calling them and saying, hey, what's up? Who's thinking about you? Don't um, don't just rely on sort of that weekly meeting with a uh, it, that that's happening like for an hour once a week, but actually lean in and just check in with folks spontaneously throughout the week so that people know that you're thinking about them. And so some of those spontaneous questions or discussions can happen because they're not happening right now around the water cooler or in the hallway or in the coffee break. Um, they, we need to sort of replicate those and create space to do that. I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Thanks, George. My pleasure. Yeah. And where, where can we learn, where can we learn more about you and your work? Sure. Uh, Lamson Consulting, my last name, consulting.com. 
Uh, I have a resources page. There's lots of free downloads and interesting stuff there. And certainly you can connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever platform you prefer. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Melissa your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to lambsonconsulting.com. You can follow her on Twitter, connect with her on on LinkedIn, and pick up a copy of her book, um, Workforce Management Elite. Nope, the book is New Global Manager, The New Global Manager, Learning to Manage Well in a Complex Business Environment, which I assume you can get on Amazon, Melissa. Yes, you can in all formats. Perfect. Well, thanks again. Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.